This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 73 with Tina Bove. Tina is one of the co-founders of Be Kind, Live Kind merchandise, as well as the Disability Inclusion Educator. In all that she does, she is on a mission to teach parents and children the best way to include individuals with disabilities and special needs. And the inspiration behind all that Tina does is her daughter, Noelle, who was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy at five months old and has gone on to just be the inspiration and motivation behind all the work that Tina does over at Be Kind, Live Kind merchandise, as well as her disability inclusion educator work. So Be Kind, Live Kind merchandise is an online shop as well as a boutique in Greeley, Colorado, and they sell various types of apparel, accessories, stickers, and jewelry, all with the intention of spreading the messages of kindness, acceptance, and inclusion. And through their shop, they do some incredible work where they dedicate the sales of specific designs each month to raise funds for a family that is caring for a child with a disability. And at the time of this interview, they actually were still running the shop out of Tina's home as solely an online shop. But since the business has gotten such a great response from the community, they have actually opened an in-person boutique. So it's just really fun to look back and hear this conversation with Tina when they were more at the start of the business and then look at how far they have come in just a short period of time. And Tina's other work as the disability inclusion educator is designed to help parents to raise disability inclusive kids, as well as educate the general community on how to connect with individuals with disabilities and special needs. So she does advocacy work through her online platforms and speaks to students, parents, and educators on the message of inclusion. I am so excited to share my conversation with Tina, but before we get started, I do want to share about Finley's. If you love Tina's mission about helping individuals with disabilities and special needs, then you will love Finley's because they are a company that was founded by two former special education teachers and they make pet treats with just a few all natural ingredients that your pets will love and they give 50% of their profits to initiatives that provide employment training, accessibility, health and wellness, and advocacy platforms for people with disabilities. They are doing incredible work over there and helping so many people in the community. So you all can actually use code Illuminate20 to get 20% off your order at GetFinleys.com. All right, everyone. I am so excited to bring you my conversation with Tina Bove.
All right. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Tina Beauvais join me for a fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Uh, this is a conversation I've really been looking forward to because I do a lot of work in the special needs community and I just love that community and it's where my heart is at. And that's really what you're all about is being the disability inclusion educator. Yes. And it's funny that you say that because my husband laughs all the time because I totally just made that position up and I just decided to call myself a disability inclusion educator. But really, there that's exactly what I want to do. And there wasn't a lot of uh, like other people I think that I could find specifically doing this. And so I just decided to label it and start doing it. Right. So what does your business entail? Because I know um, you just launched your merchandise store and business. But beyond that, what is the disability inclusion educator like that business itself? You kind of call it kind of what you do for work. So what does that look like day to day and on a broad sense? Yeah, so this whole business was birthed uh, from one of my daughters, Noelle. She is diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, and um, she's had that her whole life. Uh, She got her diagnosis at five months. So I um, had to adjust really quickly in life. I was pretty young when I had her, and I wasn't married at the time. So it was just kind of like, I mean, I was just thrown into it. And I've always tried to have the best uh, outlook on everything that I could and um, be as optimistic as I possibly could and just know that our life, I always felt like our life was meant to make an impact and her life was meant to make an impact. And um, so this actually came a couple years ago when she was in elementary school. One of the kindergartners actually had asked her nurse, uh, she's a nurse that goes with her to school, but she said, "Uh, we think she's a zombie, is that true? And her nurse came home and told me that. And it just, it broke my heart on a couple levels, but mainly because these kids were going to school with Noelle, who's such a sweet, fun, loving kiddo. And they were actually just afraid of her because they didn't know. And they hadn't ever been able to ask questions. Um, and so that's really where my my uh, hope and my, or my uh, disability inclusion education came from was I want to create an opportunity for students, for parents, for educators to ask questions. And I think sometimes we learn best when we can ask questions. And so I started doing that and I started speaking places and teaching educators, parents, uh, students all about disability inclusion and how you do that. Because I think it's something we all have the heart that we want to be able to include others and we want to be, you know, kind and, and uh, make friends with other people, but we just don't know how. And so that's really what I started doing. I would go anywhere that I could speak, anywhere they would let me speak. And, uh, and then it kind of grew online too, especially during quarantine when I couldn't go places and we couldn't be with others. We just started give, doing that same message and doing it online. When did this first start? When did you start the Disability Inclusion Educator advocacy work? Uh, So it started last May. Uh, That's when I had the idea and I started to do, you know, a website and those kind of things. And then the first speaking that I did was in August of last year. And I would do a couple different uh, speaking engagements a month. And of course, that was up until about March. (laughs) Um, And yes. 
So it's been, you know, a little over a year now that I've been doing this. What were you doing before that? Uh, before that, well, I've, um, so I have four other kids besides Noelle. So I am um, a mom full time. Okay. And um, then I, I was also a high school basketball coach and a team chaplain for our uh, local university for the women's basketball program. Oh, wow. So you've always had your hands in a lot of different things. <laughs> yes, definitely. So let's hear about your family. I want to hear more about having five kids and what and your husband and all of that good stuff. Okay, so yeah, my husband and I, Dustin, we are a blended family. So when we met 11 years ago, he had two kids, um, a, a boy and a girl, and I had Noelle. Um, the, his oldest was four, and then Noelle and his youngest were two. And thankfully, he was a volunteer EMT and an amazing dad. So he could really take on all the all the challenges and everything that, you know, comes with taking on a child who has a disability and has also has a lot of medical complexities. So um, we we dated very shortly and we got married um, and we've been married, like I said, for almost 11 years now. And then since him and I have had two kids together, um, and they are both fireballs and full of energy, just like, um, just like me and Dustin. And our family loves to do active things. Like we have gone basically everywhere with Noelle. Uh, we try to not let her disability stop us in anything that we can do. It just looks different. So we've driven her across the country to oceans. We've flown on planes with her. We go to the dirt bike track, just basically anything that we all want to do as a family. We just figure out how we can do it and how we can get Noel there with us. Wow, that's really cool and really special and unique to have someone come in that really can understand it and help out too. Yes, very special. Definitely a huge blessing. What is it like having a blended family, especially with a child with a disability, was that hard introducing new kids who are now her siblings to Noelle? So in the beginning, or so it wasn't hard because they were so young. And um, in the beginning when Noelle was little, the biggest difference about her was just that she had a trach and um, she was on oxygen. But physically, she was more similar to them at the time because she was two. So the fact that she didn't walk wasn't that big of a deal. Um, she still used a stroller. I would carry her a lot, but I don't think her physical differences really, uh, they didn't really notice them at that time. And so they just took her on like a sister. I think the biggest challenge and the biggest struggle was the fact that Noelle was in and out of the hospital all the time when she was little. We actually, right before I had met Dustin, her and I were in the hospital for four months straight um, when she got her trach and when she had to be on a ventilator. So I think the biggest change in, in life when we blended our family was the fact that Noelle was always in the hospital. And that definitely took a toll on our family dynamic and, you know, on our marriage, on my husband. He wasn't used to, you know, having to have a child who needed to be in the hospital at all. And so it was a huge learning curve in the beginning. And it was definitely um, something that we had to work really hard towards and we had to really um, you know, work on our relationship and our family dynamic in order to get through those hard seasons. And I mean, having a blended family is definitely always a challenge because you have lots of different dynamics, but I've always just taught my kids that 
um, you know, they don't have to pick between one of us or the other. They get two moms. They get, you know, it's, it's kind of like extra. They get extra love instead of trying to divide it or fight for it. So in that sense, our family dynamic has been very healthy from a blended family standpoint. Well, and also, do you feel like your kids are kind of ahead of the curve having such um, awareness and specific ideas about what it is like being around someone with a disability and knowing so much about inclusion and acceptance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially uh, our two oldest, they literally have so much compassion towards other people. And I just... Yeah, I'm excited to see the the people that they're going to become and the work that they're going to do because being raised in a family with a sister who has such huge medical needs and such, you know, huge just needs in general, they have had to learn how to sacrifice and they've had to learn compassion and um and love. And so they they can befriend, you know, basically anybody because they you know they know how to do it. And they also just there's such a presence of uh, what it looks like to persevere. So one thing I think a lesson that uh, I've realized through quarantine actually is that uh, that many people have learned is that plans have changed and been canceled and life has been disrupted. And that's one of those lessons that my older kids have always known because it's like their plans have always been canceled or changed because life having you know, a sister with a disability you just never know, like, you never know how she's going to feel or if she's going to have a nurse or if all of her things are going to work or not. So uh, just like all of us had to, you know, figure out what it was like to have your whole life canceled. Um, they've really learned that. So I know that's also going to make them more resilient as they, you know, as they get older and have families of their own. That's really a lesson that they've learned in the situation that I think is going to benefit them bigger picture. And then what was the decision like to have two more kids with your husband? Yeah, so that decision was not easy, uh, especially because Noelle's condition is genetic. Uh, So I didn't know if she, you know, got it, inherited it from me or from her uh, biological dad. So it was a very hard thing. And when I first met my husband, I actually wasn't even sure if I wanted more kids just because the experience I've had with Noelle has been so different and just not what I was expecting anyway. But then part of me, I think, was a little worried to have things kind of go how you always expected them, that maybe I feel like I, you know, was Noelle missed out on something. Uh, but a friend actually told me she had a daughter with a disability and she told me, you know what, deciding to have another child was actually the best decision I made and I really took that to heart and really what she meant in that is that then she was able to be mom of those kids and she didn't also have to be caregiver and didn't also have to be advocate and you know all these other titles that kind of come with it and that was so true I once I had another child it was like I was able to just be that mom role and even to Noelle I was able to just be mom and not feel like I had to do and be everything. And so it really was uh, a blessing, but it was definitely a decision that we did not take lightly. And there was, you know, we entered that decision knowing that they could possibly have the same condition that Noelle, uh, Noelle does. And so it was something that we definitely had to take our time with and make sure we were ready. And I would 
suggest that to anyone else who, you know, maybe in a similar position is like, just take your time on it and make sure that you'd be okay either way. So, yeah. And on your platform, you do answer just a lot of questions about having a child with special needs um, for new parents of a child with special needs or friends and families or just really anyone in the community that are wondering about inclusion and about parenting and everything. And I pulled a couple of them that I thought were just really um, important and special questions for the journey and for anyone kind of wondering from the outside. And so one of the first ones was, what is the advice or the words you would offer a family with a child that is just that has just been diagnosed with a disability? Yes, that the very first thing I would offer is a diagnosis is not a definition of a life. Uh, the diagnosis is does not necessarily define what your child will or won't do. So almost take it with a grain of salt. Like it's great sometimes to have a diagnosis as far as, okay, now I can kind of know what to expect. But in reality, your child is completely unique and completely different and a diagnosis cannot completely define them. So that's just one piece of the puzzle. Um, Another thing I would say is that your life isn't over because I think sometimes we believe that lie as a special needs parent or when we find out our child has a disability, that life as we know it is over. And I just don't think that's true. Sure, the life as we know it, our normal is going to be different and our normal you know, has changed. And I also like to say there's really no such thing as normal anyway. Normal's a setting on the dryer. Um, but your life and everything else, it's going to be different but it's not over. So continue to live and continue to give your child the best life that they can possibly have. And going off that, what do you think for, let's say, a family member, someone in their family or someone's friend just kind of got the diagnosis of their kid has a, a disability, what is something that they can offer up and do to help that family or that new parent? I think be there for them because when you're walking through that, it's hard to ask for help. You don't even know what you need. And so it's hard to articulate it. So the the people who have really blessed my life the most are the people who have just showed up and just done things for me and been there for me when I didn't have to ask them. Uh, you know, you're just trying to kind of... Uh, You know, you're trying to keep yourself together. You're trying to figure things out and you just don't have the time to reach out. But more than anything, you need to know that you're not alone, that you're not isolated because getting a diagnosis and and being in these positions can definitely make you feel isolated and alone. So I think the best thing you could do is to reach out and then just keep reaching out and, you know, don't take it offensively if they don't know how to, uh, reach back to you. But I think just your presence and then knowing that you're there for them, I think that really means the world to a family. And then what are some misconceptions about Noelle's diagnosis or just about having a child with special needs in general? Um, I, I think one of the misconceptions is that just in general with somebody with a disability, we as society, we pity them. That's the first thing that we do. So the biggest misconception that we have is people pity our lives and our situations and feel sorry for us. 
And that's one thing Noelle wants to teach with her life is she doesn't feel sorry for herself and she doesn't want other people to feel sorry for her either. Like she loves her life and she has the best attitude. She's really hilarious. She has such a dry sense of humor. And so for somebody to look at her and pity her, it's actually not giving her life the full value that it has. So I would say in general, um, a big misconception is pity. And then the next one would be fear that people are just afraid of something that's different. They're afraid of hurting Noelle or Noelle getting sick or not understanding her, or there's just a lot of fear. And that's exactly to why I think education and questions actually combat that fear. And the questions are what lead people to better understanding. Um, so those are the two biggest misconceptions that we, f- we face is uh, fear and pity. Did you have fear when you first heard the diagnosis? I did not. <laughs> Actually, surprisingly, when I first got her diagnosis uh, of muscular dystrophy, my first response was, well, she could still be in the Special Olympics. And I literally think that's just that's that's just how I deal with things. I am a you know an optimist by nature. I reframe things, and uh, I also think that the first five months of her life, as a mom, I knew that there was something wrong. I I just knew, and so I think I had already grieved a lot of that. Um, so when you say the actual diagnosis, I mean the day of. I remember getting it, and that was my response. But not to like put it, not to say that I haven't grieved it, that it hasn't been hard, that there hasn't been really challenging moments. But I just think being her mom, I kind of already knew. So it really wasn't a shock when I found out. I mean, it was a shock when she was born. I definitely had no idea before I had her that anything would be wrong. So that was when the shock happened. But um, as far as when that diagnosis came, I think I'd already had some time to process it. And that's why I was able to kind of have that response. Okay, well, Special Olympics is the best, so it's not crazy for you to think, be excited about being involved. (laughs) Yeah, then you can imagine how I felt Noelle's first race in the Special Olympics. The first time she went, I was literally like a ball of tears. I could barely even keep myself together because it was such an amazing experience to be a part of anyway, like you said. It is amazing and then yet to be a part of it with Noelle and have her a part of it it was and still every time I go to any special Olympic event I cannot help myself but cry of just what an amazing you know it's just an amazing place to be around so many amazing people uh it's yeah it's phenomenal yeah and it's just so cool for I ran track and cross country in college and throughout high school too. And it was a turning point. I started volunteering with Special Olympics in like ninth grade. And it was a big turning point in my running career of just seeing the joy that that the athletes had just to be there. Whereas I was crying after a race because I missed my personal best by a second. right? (laughs) And just that was a big turning point of being like, why do I get so nervous and so anxious about this race and make it like the biggest thing in my world. And like my life was going to be over if, if I didn't compete well, but then seeing those athletes just show up with so much joy and gratitude for everyone there and involved and just being able to line up for a race or any competition that they do was something that just changed my life, honestly. Yeah. So you'll appreciate this then since you're a runner, we actually started running with Noelle uh, two years ago, 
And uh, we, like our third race in, we decided to do a 10K, which I thought we were going to do it like six months in, but we decided. And as we were running, my oldest son, he was like, mom, I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm just too tired. And we were pushing Noel in, you know, at an adaptive stroller. And I looked at him and I said, well, we're not running for us. We're running for Noel. We're taking the steps she's never taken. And I said that and I just started bawling. Like in the middle of this race running, I'm bawling. And I came home that night and I Googled how many steps Noel would have taken at that time in her life. And it was like, so I think it was like 400 million or something. It was some crazy huge number. I might be exaggerating it now. I don't know. But so after that, we actually started something called Steps for Noel, and we started inviting other people to help us get her steps, um, to help us like get to that goal of where she should have been. And it was so cool. We had people from all over the country and even different parts of the world taking steps for Noel and logging them, sending us pictures and videos. People who hadn't even been working out started working out, and we actually met our goal within like three months and I we thought it was gonna take us years and um, this one organization heard about what we were doing and they were doing a step challenge they donated like millions of steps to us and it was just a really awesome opportunity and like you said it made it about more than running and there's this uh, quote that I have put on one of our pictures and it was like I run for people who can't run because when I think about them, I know that they'd be doing it if they could. And that makes me run even harder. And it's just that kind of thing is like when you see the appreciation and you see the enjoyment of things that we take for granted, it really gives you another perspective of appreciation. Oh, absolutely. Are you still doing that? The steps um, no. So we like... No, like we finished her steps. And then I was like, well, now what do we do? And so I was just kind of like, didn't know what was next. And that was kind of the beginning, I think, of us making this bigger impact in this, like using social media as a platform to make that impact. Um, and we continue to run with her. Well, we um, since then, we've done this uh, Labor Day 10K every every year in our in uh, one of our local cities of course this year is going to be different but um so we still we still run with her we have an adaptive stroller we just didn't know what to do next with the steps for noel because we kind of like i said we accomplished our goal so much faster than i was expecting but yeah and you have all five kids joining in yeah so me and my husband will take turns pushing you know one of us will push the two kids and one of us will push noelle and then we'll trade um and it's a lot of work but you know what is amazing is you get so much energy when you push noelle because other people around you are so inspired and that energy just builds to the point where when we trade and whoever's pushing noelle they basically start sprinting and we have to be like slow down you know like <laughs> Hold on, bring it back. But yeah, we, um, our whole family and our older daughter, um, Lily, she helps push too. She's, she's really strong. So she'll help push. And, um, but yeah, it's such a, an amazing thing to do as a family and just to do in our community. It's, it's been really awesome. Yeah, that is impressive. How old are all your kids now? Uh, so our oldest, Lily, she's 15. Uh, Landon and Noel are both 13. And then uh, Macy, she is seven. And Bo, our youngest, he is five. Oh, wow. You have a wide range of ages. <laughs> yes, we do. I Last year, I had um, a child in every grade. So I had oh my a high schooler, two middle schoolers, an elementary schooler, and a preschooler. So that was <laughs> a very unique experience. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess technically this year I still have it because 
Yeah, our youngest is still in pre-K, so I guess I technically still have a kid across every grade. Yeah. So I do want to hear more about Noelle in general. What specific joys does she bring to your life? Oh my gosh, she is, like I said, she is hilarious. She has such a dry sense of humor to the point where sometimes I don't even know she's joking with me and I'm like, oh, you are totally joking. And it's really great because she has to have a caregiver. So she has 20 hours of nursing every day. And so she has a lot of people in her life nonstop. But even with all of them, she like brings them joy and she makes them laugh. And like, for instance, I'll walk in her room if she's laying down and she'll go, stranger danger, stranger danger. And like, just silly things like that. But she's really just lighthearted. And um I mean, there's some things that she gets kind of like frustrated about with her cares, but for the most part, she's just a joy. And um, I think it's just, it's a blessing that she has such a good attitude because she does need so much help and she doesn't complain. Like she, I've heard her say one time in her life, we were at a park and um, she was in either a stroller or her wheelchair. I can't remember what, but um, somebody came past us and they had roller skates on or roller blades, whatever. And um, she looked at me and she said, I can't do that. And literally that was the only time she's ever said something like that to me. And, um, you know, of course it broke my heart at the time. Like, I know you can't, but she like, she just doesn't complain. She just takes her life for what it is and she chooses to make the most of it. So that's, so inspiring to me and you know when you said like other people teaching you to not worry about the small things uh her life has taught me that her life has helped me learn to not worry about the small things and I joke that her life prepared me for quarantine and it prepared me for um you know the challenges and the crisis because I've kind of been living in that state for 13 years like I've never known what was going to happen tomorrow I've always been basically, you know, whether she's going to have an illness or not kind of determines what I get to do in life. And uh, so she's taught me how to be resilient. And, um, and above that, she loves shopping. She loves doing crafts. Um, She loves texting her friends and her nurses. And um, so she just brings her spirit just brings so much joy to other people. Oh, that is amazing. And to like, definitely something we all can learn from is just taking what life hands you and making the best of it because you can't have it all. Yes, absolutely. So day to day, are you doing a lot of work with your the disability inclusion educator side of things? Are you spending a certain amount of hours to a day putting things together? Uh, yes, I have. I mean, it's been basically a full time job since since I started it because I do a lot on social media and I um, spend a lot of time and attention educating there. And a lot of that, I mean, I I post a lot and do those things, but a lot of things happen even behind the scenes. And I, um, I mean, I have we have quite a following right now um, we, on TikTok, and that's led to us having a lot of interaction and community on Instagram. And I have responded to every message we've ever gotten because that's what it's about for me is the community, is the people, is communicating with them and talking to them. So obviously that takes a lot of intention and effort. Um, and I do that willingly. Um, and then I'm coming up with content and 
trying to figure out, you know, how to say the same thing that I've said before in a different way. So maybe somebody else can learn it. Um, and then, you know, we just started uh, a merch shop to kind of help spread this message in a more unique way. I think that I didn't want to just, um, just have it be limited to just disability inclusion, but just this message of kindness, this message of being able to be kind to people who are different. And I feel like now more than ever, it is a message that needs to be spoken because we all have differences, you know, and, and that goes to people with disabilities who have physical differences or, you know, cognitive differences to even just where we're at right now in society. We all have different trains of thought of what we should or shouldn't do or how things should be. And it's like, that's fine, um, you know, but we can all be kind. And that's really where this message came from and really Noel was the one who started making bracelets this summer you know in the middle of having not been able to go out of the house forever she started making bracelets and i realized oh she can do this because there's a lot of things that are really challenging for her to do but making bracelets was something we could all do together so we started making bracelets and she had some you know different letters in her little bracelet thing and i just wrote out be kind and that's kind of where where it started was yeah, wanting to send this message and then also having it be something that Noelle could do and that she could she could see the fruit of her work. And um, it could be something that could become bigger and something that uh, she could participate in. And that's the same with the speaking and the uh, I always thought of like I was preparing a stage for her to be able to come speak on, for her to be able to come out and talk. Um, which is also kind of ironic because Noelle has a paralyzed vocal cord. So her voice is really, really, really quiet. And so people can't hear her. And so it's hard for her to articulate what she wants to tell people. And so she needs somebody to help her. And it's kind of like, I've just come along to be that voice and that advocate um, to help her voice be louder and to help it be heard. I, that is so good. And like such a good message and way to take Noel's diagnosis and turn it into something that you're so passionate about and turn your life into kind of helping others in that community and other families and all of that. And those, I didn't know she made those bracelets. Those are so cute. <laughs> yeah. So she makes the, um, so we have like the Noel stack and she, um, she makes those, obviously we help her with some cause poor little thing. We can't make her make all of them, but, um, it's so cool because she can do it or she sorts the beads out. She sorts out, um, the B's and the E's, you know, and, uh, and it's just something that she can help with without somebody having to do it for her. We can help set her up. Um, and then she does it. And, um, like you said, helping other families, one of the things too, in this, we have always wanted to bless another family. We had an amazing blessing in our wheelchair accessible van. It's an amazing story, but we are basically, um, money was raised basically in five minutes, like $50,000 in five minutes. And since then we have always wanted to be able to bless somebody else like we were. And so with our, um, with our business, we knew that we wanted to somehow, you know, partner and bless other families. And what we decided was we're going to pick a family each month and we're going to help them help raise money for them in whatever medical need that they have that we can help with. And um, so we have a portion of the sales of certain items. We'll go directly to that family and then we can shout them out and we can let other people know and people can team up with them. Um, so like if Noel was the, the kid of the month, we make a bracelet that says team Noel or team whoever. And so people can kind of jump in and, 
help. And it's uh, the other bracelet that they can buy is what we call the kind intention bracelet because we think that kindness is intentional and not random. Um, and so we call it the kind intention, but basically you get two bracelets, you keep one and then you give one away to somebody as an act of kindness. It could be, you know, the person at Starbucks or, or whatever. It could be a person at the coffee shop or it could be um, the lady who checked you out at the grocery store, your, your friend, your coworker. And it's just passing on that message of kindness. And um, with those bracelets, half of what we um, half of that profit goes straight to that family. So when you're getting one of those bracelets, not only are you gonna, you know, bless somebody right in your real life, you're also gonna be able to bless a family who's in need, you know, that you meet through the internet. So it's just been a really awesome opportunity to spread this message and also, like you said, bless others who are in this community with us. Tell me about the family that you're currently working with and raising funds for. Yes. So um, the Sweatman family, they were nominated. So we opened up nominations on uh, on our Instagram and man, their community rallied with them because they got tons of nominations and people who just told amazing stories about this family. We had so many amazing families that were nominated and, um, you know, things that came in. But this family in particular, um, they had a little girl named Rosie and Rosie was uh, diagnosed or she was born with Down syndrome. And, um, they were, I think they were in China at the time. And then they had to come back to Arkansas once they found out her diagnosis. Uh, but not only that, they ended up adopting another little boy. Uh, his name is Bo, which is the same as my son. And he also has down syndrome. And so now they have two kiddos, um, both with down syndrome and Rosie does have mobility needs. And so I had it on my heart to help a family with their mobility needs. The, the first family, because that's, you know, what, what we were helped with. So this month we're raising money for them and we're going to, they're going to use that money towards something that Rosie needs for mobility, whether it's a ramp to get into her house or, you know, big picture, we would love it to be a wheelchair accessible van, but no matter what, we're going to be able to make an impact. And it's just so cool because Noelle's going to be, you know, be able to pass something on that she was given and um, give it to Rosie who's in need of that and in need of some mobility help. Oh, that is such a cool story. And what do proceeds from all of the items go directly to that family or is it certain items on the store? It's certain items on the store. So we have their own category for that family. And so if you go to that family, the category of that family, it's all those things underneath there. Um, a proceed of those sales will go to that family. And we we just want to see how it's going to go this month. But what we would love to do is have a goal, you know, have a, uh, a monetary goal for that month. And so that people can help us, you know, achieve that goal together. And this is our first month doing it. So we're brand new to it. But We've already had a great turnout already for people coming and joining alongside us to support this family. I guess we should go back a little bit with this merchandise store um, because it's we never formally introduced it. It's called <laughs> it's it's officially called Be Kind, Live Kind, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And when did you officially launch it? Uh, three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was recent. What? So you sell these super cute dresses, t-shirts, stickers, jewelry, all just incredible things. Who's doing the designing and kind of the production of all of this? Um, so me and my, uh, well, me, Noelle, my daughter, Lily, and then my sister-in-law, Hillary, we're 
um, we're doing all the designing. We're even making the clothes. So I really have it on my heart to make sure it's a handmade company. And it's something where we could offer, you know, employment to other people who can help us instead of just like, I don't know, getting it done somewhere else. I really have a heart and a passion to make sure that we are doing it ourselves and that we're putting our own um, effort into it. Uh, and I actually, so my sister-in-law, she was formerly uh, the manager at Sally's and she actually came on to help us to launch this and to do it. And her and I are super creative. And so, I mean, on the daily basis, we come up with new things or new designs or a new inspiration. Um, so it's really fun because we, we see it as a company that's just continue, you know, it's going to continue to adapt and, and change. And we're actually, we have the opportunity to get in a couple uh, local boutiques, which wasn't even in my train of thought. <laughs> and yet it's happening. So, um, you know, we, we just basically show up in the morning and we're like, all right, what are we going to create today? So that's kind of how it's gone so far. Do you have a workspace or are you doing this out of one of your guys' houses? <laughs> We're doing it in my, uh, my, my uh, formal, I guess, living or formal dining room, I suppose. Um, we actually just, uh, we converted our garage in our house to be a wheelchair accessible uh, suite for Noel because um, our house was not wheelchair accessible when we moved in. So that finally got done. It got delayed through quarantine, but it's finally done. So now we have kind of an extra space. Um, and that's the space that we're in right now, which is great because Noel can pull right up to the table and sit down and help us and, and work with us. So it's kind of nice that it's in our house because it makes it very accessible for Noel to be a part of all of it. Yeah, and that's just totally like new company vibes to put it in your living room. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, do you have hopes of hiring individuals with special needs? Yeah, so I have, um, if you talk about big picture hopes, what I would love to see our shop turn into is a place that other artisans, other people who have disabilities who are creating things, that their things could be featured there and that we could you know, kind of be, in a sense, the Etsy, um, you know, where people go, but then you can, you know, we'd be the link in between. So people who are already creating things or doing things could have a platform for their stuff to be seen. Um, you know, Noelle's making these by hand and, and doing it. And I know other people are, so I would love to to partner with them and offer them that that kind of space to do it. And my other, my other hope would be that we'd be able to start featuring disability inclusive books on our site so you could come you know to, to our site to be able to access all these amazing books that are being written by people both with disabilities and also without you know there's speech and language therapists or um you know parents who are writing these books or people with disabilities themselves and i would just love it to be a place where you could go and in one spot find all these amazing ones. Cause it wasn't until I started this journey last year um, that I started finding all these awesome books. But before that, I didn't even know, I guess I didn't even know they existed or I didn't even know to look for them. And um, so now I would love to feature a space for each of them also to be seen and um, for their products to be, you know, to be on display so that they, so we can continue this message of inclusion. That's incredible. That just fits perfectly with the values 
of your company and the work that you do outside of that too. And obviously, I mean, there's the challenge of individuals with disabilities and special needs just not being able to get jobs as easily. And especially if they have trouble working, you know, in a, even if they're able to be hired and they might have difficulties with transportation or limitations with things like that, this kind of eliminates that barrier for those individuals and those families too. Yes. And, and it just, it enables them to do what they're already doing or maybe what they're good at. Like I said, with Noel, you know, um, oh, that, that's part of too, I didn't say this earlier, but part of this business aspect, it, it came from the fact that when we were at her last IEP, um, she's in middle school, so she's about to transition to high school. But I started to hear talks of, you know, people saying, oh, well, what she's going to do when she's older. And um, I think somebody not intentionally, but kind of made reference to like, oh, she could be the coffee cart person. Like she could serve coffee from the coffee cart. And like, I just, that hurt my heart that that was like where her aspiration should be. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I don't want to put her in that box and I don't want to limit her. And no, she may not go to college. Like some people can or whatever. Maybe she will. She's it's up to her, but I wanted to give her an opportunity to have, you know, have hopes and have something bigger than um, maybe what society would say that she could do. And I think that's true of so many people uh, with disabilities is that society labels what they can and can't do. And then they, you know, it's, it's a hard ceiling to break. It's so hard. And I just want to be one of those people to help break it for Noel and others to be like, no, I can do more than this. And I can speak on stages or I can run a company or I can, you know, I, I'm doing what I can with what I have. And um, so that's also where this like heart of like, I want to show her there's more for her came from was, dang it. I mean, if she wants to serve at the coffee cart, by all means she can. But if she doesn't want to, I want to give her more options. Yeah, I love seeing just how society has changed and how inclusion has become you know, more of a movement and just seeing companies and different organizations like yours pop up to provide more opportunities and create more equality. And just on top of that, it also helps their um, unique strengths and abilities and creativity and all of that just be really showcased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, What was the response like kind of immediately right after you launched did you have a lot of purchases or was it a slow build uh we had a lot of purchases yes we had a really amazing turnout and we've now been building um you know like uh I guess not slowly we've been moderately building which has been so exciting and we're we're actually reaching out to a lot of people to help um collaborate with us because as it is right now, and like I said, we're three weeks into it, and um, the only pictures that we have on our site right now are of Noel and my kids and my nieces because we just haven't been able to get product in people's hands to showcase them. But we can't wait to reach out and to, um, you know, to showcase other people with disabilities or special needs or other families, um, you know, spreading this message of kindness also. And that's going to be so exciting when we see you know, the things that we've handmade, um, just being, being shown by more people and just being, um, 
and other places, which we we have international shipping and we've shipped things to England and Canada and um, Australia, I think. So that's exciting too, is when we see something that we made here in Colorado end up in, you know, the middle of England, that's been super exciting. And so we just, we're excited to continue to, um, to build like that and just to see the reach um, out there farther. And like we said, we're, we're spreading this message of kindness. So it's just, it's, it's exciting to think like, it's just be kind. And like, that's just like popping up in places all over. And it's a message that we all just need to remember. Absolutely. Uh, that must be so crazy to see just your all your products going international <laughs> and throughout different states and all over. It's going to be so cool the when things open up and you see people wearing your apparel. <laughs> I know. And we've actually, um, I sent it to one, to one girl I know who's um, a really big um, advocate in the disability community. And um, I, I think that ever since we sent it to her, I don't think she's taken it off her wrist since. And so to see her in stories or doing pictures and just seeing it, and it's not like out there, it's not like anybody else would even notice it. But for me, I'm like, I just appreciate that she appreciates it so much. And knowing that like, we literally sat here and made it with our own hands and, and she appreciates it. It's just, it's been super special. I know. I guess that's something that's probably overlooked, the fact that you are handmaking these items instead of just kind of sending in a design or an idea to a bigger company that would just produce it with a machine, too. That's unique to keep it really handmade and special for that. Yeah, and that's just my... I want to continue to do that as long as possible. Because like I said, I think there's so many people right in our own community who can benefit. And I would love to partner with other, um, you know, other people who have disabilities and have them come in and help us once we kind of figure out what we need and what we're doing. Um, I just think it'll be so cool. And for people who purchase it, to know that it was made with such intention and such love, I think is pretty special. Going back to your other um, side of the business, just the advocacy work, was that something you were, was that completely just out of passion and kind of doing for free and as a passion project? Or were you getting sponsorships or different type of ways that you were bringing in income? Yes, that was completely just a passion project. It has just been um, because I want the message out there and I'll do whatever it takes to get that message. Um, that's been my heart. And I didn't have time to sit and try to get a grant or a this or that. Basically, I was like, I got to start talking. And so I don't know, I'll figure out how to like make money at some point or whatever. But I want this message out there. Um, and that's still it's still where I'm at. Like my my heart is still this message is so important. And I just want to get it out there. And I want to you know, give people the tips that I, that I teach. I want to give people the resources, um, so that this message can get out there. And, um, with that, like one way that this message has gotten out there in a huge way, uh, a little bit unintentionally though, is like I said, through TikTok, uh, during quarantine, our platform really grew. And one thing we started doing was we started doing lives where we literally would just let people ask questions. And so, you know, it'd be like, what questions do you have for Noel? And, you know, it, it was nice because people could 
kind of hide behind almost the phone in a sense, but in a safe place, like they felt safe asking and they learned so much. And my hope is now that those, I mean, most of the, our audience was like younger kids. So my hope is that when those kids or those teenagers go out and see people, they have somebody to relate it to like, Oh, look, they have a wheelchair like Noel, or I bet you, you know, I bet you they have a huge personality like Noel or whatever, just some reference and some thought of it. And the thing is, one day during one of our lives, we probably had, I think it was like 14,000 people come through in a 45 minute live. And it's like, when could I ever have that reach in real life? You know what I mean? Like that just, that wouldn't happen. And how amazing, like it was just so amazing that we were, that we've had these opportunities that we've been able to share um, this message. And just so you know, we don't only do advocacy. We also try to make really funny TikToks and we like to make people laugh and we like to be silly. And so even that it's like, you know, that we've made people laugh and we've made people feel good in a time when it's been really hard and they've been really stressed out. And we just brought some like laughter and inspiration into their lives. But yeah, so this has definitely been uh, a complete passion project for sure. Well, I'm sure a lot of those people that are communicating with you and finding you through that platform are definitely transferring over to your merchandise shop. Yeah, I hope so. For sure. And that is where I think uh, I I was able to launch this with, um, you know, with some real hope, knowing that we have people who love what we're doing and really support us. um, And they have definitely showed that. So it's been really awesome. (laughs) Yeah, social media is just so cool how you can connect with people from all over and kind of just expand your following and expand the people that you are reaching just through something as simple as TikTok. I know. (laughs) Yes. I would have never thought the reach we would have had from 15 second clips. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Where do you hope to have your work and this new company be in, say, five or 10 years? Wow, that's a great question. I I haven't thought for the merchandise side of it, but for the inclusion side, the education side, I hope to see a curriculum in every school that it's just kind of normal that we teach about disability inclusion. And I see it kind of being similar to character curriculum, right? We teach about character. We teach how to have great character and what that looks like. And I would love to see a curriculum that teaches disability inclusion and what does that look like and how do we do it? Because I think that we've come so far as a society that we let kids with disabilities and special needs sit at the table with us, but we still don't know how to be friends with them. And so I really want to see, you know, an education system or curriculum, whatever it is, that actually teaches kids how to be friends and how to, um, you know, how to interact with each other and, and be able to talk, really. Yeah, and wouldn't it be so cool if the individuals with disabilities within that school could could kind of share their experiences and be kind of spokespersons for in that class? Yes, that would be ideal because then you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You're giving them the voice and um, they're the actual educator and then the other kids are learning you know, from them. And there's so many different voices to be heard. So that would be amazing because it's like one person, especially one person who doesn't even have a disability themselves, you know, me, I can't be the only voice. Like, 
you need all the different voices in order to understand it better and hear and get a better perspective. Yeah, I just think back to my high school experience and I always just had a really big heart for individuals with disabilities, but it took until I was working one-on-one with them in Special Olympics and really learning more about them that I felt like I grew and was just more aware and more comfortable with my interactions and all of that. But it did feel like in my high school, the, the individuals with disabilities were kind of outcasts like they were just in a separate classroom and you didn't really interact with them and you didn't get to know them as people and and hear from their experiences because I think they have such a big voice that could help so many people and change just the just the idea of it in our society at a young age for so many people when like when high school students or junior high students, that's when they're learning about how to inter really learning how to interact with everyone in the community too. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly how it was when I was um, going to school that there wasn't, you know, there just wasn't mainstream classes. And that's why I said, I think we've made a leap that now we, you know, there's not necessarily just special ed classes or whatever they're, they're mixed together but there's still not that actual friend, you know, like it's, it's hard still to make friends. And that's why I, I want to do this because I think every kid at the table should not only have a voice, but they should have a friend and it takes intention and it takes education for that to happen. It's not just going to happen on its own. And we're better off. All of us are better off if we hear each other's stories and if we work together and if we know what somebody who has a different opinion or a different life or differences, if we know about them and we can hear from them, we're a better person for that. So I think it would be amazing to see this message in such a bigger platform. Well, how do you see yourself implementing that into schools? Um, So I see myself and others like just building out that curriculum and not that it's going to look the same everywhere, but just starting with, with one and starting with something that then could be replicated and used, you know, in another school and in another school and just, um, and obviously now with the, with how education has already changed in the last six months, that, that really kind of breaks down some of the barriers that we would have been facing before. And so now we can kind of look at it, in a place of like, wow, we might be closer to doing that now than we were before. Um, And so I think it's just continuing to be innovative and thoughtful and just figuring out how to get this message to as many people as possible. You are amazing doing so much good work with your, just within your family, within the business and within the community. I love what you share and what you do just as a whole. Oh, thank you. Okay, um, and I want to hear so much more of your story and just different avenues that you want to go go to. So I think we need to have you on again in a, in a couple months, in a year, just to see how the business has changed and how your work has changed and where you've gone from here. Oh, I would love that. That would be so awesome. It'd be awesome for me too to just kind of have that recap and you know, and see where we've been and continue on to the other things we're doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. To look back at where you were just a few months before, because I'm sure so much will change as you learn 
like the way of the business and all of that? Because that must be hard to get a hold of as well. <laughs> yeah, and I just, but that's part of my whole thought process is like, I just jump in even before I feel ready. Because I'm like, well, I, I guess I'll just figure it out. I think a lot of us wait too long. And, and we wait until we have it all figured out. And then we're going to start. And I'm like, you know what? Just do it. Like, I've been joking about this, but um, my I wanted to paint the walls in my entryway. And I didn't know what color. And I was worried in this and that. And I was like, you know what? Just paint the wall. Just paint it. It's just paint. Worst case, you can repaint it. And sure enough, I painted it navy blue and it was too dark. And so I had to repaint it. But now I have an amazing color. And it's awesome. But I think sometimes you know, we, we just overthink it. And it's like, it's just a wall, just paint the wall, like just start, just, just jump out and, and do something. Right. With the business, like and selling this merchandise, the worst that you can do is only a couple people purchase it. And you tried, you put yourself out there. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you know, strategic, like, obviously, you, you need to have some strategy in what you're doing. But it's like, just, just don't overthink it. And even in all of my teaching and education, it's like, I didn't always know if everything I was saying was the best or whatever. I've learned, like people have poured into me and I've been able to, you know, change what I'm saying or say it in a different way or, you know, get better pictures or whatever it may be. But it's like, at least I was willing to start. And, um, you know, and so maybe somebody needs to hear that, like, just start, just start with whatever it is that's on your heart or you're thinking of, um, and start small, but, but you got to start. Well, actually that makes me think of an, an extra question. Do you ever get criticism about things that you've shared? Like people think you've said the wrong thing in, on your social media and advocacy work? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, like I said, I'm just one person and I'm gonna, I'm going to say things wrong. I'm going to not always have it correct. Um, sometimes it's been just like, okay, well, I'm going to brush that off. Other times it's been like, oh, wow, thank you. Thank you for helping me see this in a different light. Like it's helped me grow and change. Um, and that is something we face a lot. We face a lot of um, criticism or haters, we call them, <laughs> from TikTok. And it's like, you know what? They're always going to be there. Like there's always going to be somebody that you're not, making happy but it's like we're just trying like and with our heart and our intention like my heart and intention is just to bring disability education to people and my other heart is just to spread kindness you know and so at the end of the day if I can know that I'm doing my best to do those two things um I can learn from it but I can't let the criticism you know control my life because otherwise I probably would have stopped a long time ago yeah, but it's so hard to get criticism. I hate that feeling. <laughs> I know. I've had to get really good at it. So. Yeah, I guess with uh, your size of following, you probably get a decent bit. Yes. Um, I always say if there's if a TikTok video gets a certain number of views, I just have to stop looking at the comments because Lord knows there's going to be some mean comments in there. And I just don't even want that in my life. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. TikTok comments are awful. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel like, well, if I've survived this, I think I can survive lots of, lots of mean comments. But, oh. All right, Tina. Now, what is the best or most recent book that you've read? Um, the most recent 
Oh, the best book. Actually, I'm reading it right now. It's called The Ideal Team Player. And I have to say, I don't exactly know who wrote it, but it's all about the ideal team player is humble, hungry, and smart. And just realizing that that is kind of what will, like, that's who you want to hire in your company or that's who you want on your team. And so basically that's kind of who you want to be. You want to be somebody who is humble, hungry, and smart. Who or what? is illuminating in your life right now? Um, I would have to say, I mean, partly what we're doing right now and being able to bless other families. There's, there's nothing quite like being able to give back. Like that is amazing. So I think having people um, together with us, helping bless these families has been so illuminating and so awesome. Um, and then with that too, I would have to say other people doing the same work in the same space, whether it be other people with disabilities who are willing to put themselves out there to teach others and be able to be, um, you know, like you said, kind of put out there for both the good and the bad, the criticisms and the encouragements, but they're willing to do it to bring that education. Like they are illuminating me. What is an organization that you would like to illuminate? Really, I would love to illuminate, you know, our what we're doing right now and um, Be Kind, Live Kind. I really think that we are bringing some light to people and doing some really awesome things. And I am excited for what we have ahead. Awesome. I love that. And then what is your one message to send to the world? My one message to send to the world is... The world is full of kind people, and if you can't find one, then be one. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Tina. If you want to check out the Be Kind, Live Kind shop that Tina was talking all about, you can find them at BeKindLiveKindShop.com. And over there, you can find out more information on the family that they are supporting this month and check out all of those cool designs and maybe purchase one for yourself. You can find Tina on Instagram at Tina B underscore disability inclusion ED. Over there is where she shares all of her advocacy work and you can learn more about inclusion and all of the work that she does over there. And while you're at it, we would love if you gave the Illuminate podcast a follow and let us know your thoughts on some of the recent episodes. You can find us at Illuminate underscore pod on Twitter or at the Illuminate podcast on Instagram. We are also part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. So if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your feed, we have three other shows in the network that you might love. Lindsay Hine, one of our co-hosts, hosts two other podcasts in the network. And the first one is the Why Is Everyone Yelling podcast. This is for parents or people that are involved in a child's life in some way. You can learn from experts, everyday parents, and so many people over there. And Lindsay also hosts the All Have Another podcast where she sits down and chats with 
runners. So if you love running or just want to hear more about the running community, you can head over there and listen to those. And lastly, we have the Up and Running podcast, which is hosted by Lauren Flores and Abby Stanley. And every week they do a recap of the running news. And every so often you also get an interview from an elite level runner. So make sure to add those three podcasts to your feed if they interest you. And that's all I've got for today. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation this week and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.